This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Well, we've seen a heightened focus on environmental concerns as well as uh, equities that are focusing on or trying to mitigate environmental crises. But what does that mean longer term? A new report suggesting that without the concerns around climate, the returns on these stocks may not have been as successful. Luke Taylor, assistant professor of finance at the Wharton School, is part of this report, and he joins us with more. Luke, thanks for a few moments today. Hope you're doing well. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This is a very interesting report, especially because of all of the conversations around uh, the environment and, and companies that are, are focusing more on ESG. Take us through what uh, what the report really was looking for. Sure. In, you know, we see this incredible increase in interest in these ESG investment products. And when you look at how people market them, they focus on offering high returns. And, and, and when you look at people's motives for investing in these products, they say they're doing it to get higher returns. And the point of our paper is that those views are, are misguided. So to, to show that, we, we create what we call an ESG, uh, sorry, a green factor. You can think of that as the return on a portfolio of stocks. You're going long environmentally friendly stocks, short environmentally unfriendly stocks. And, and the first thing we show is that this green factor has actually performed really well in the last decade. But our main result is that that outperformance completely disappears once you remove the effects of shocks to climate change concerns. I guess the the question, at least in the short term, it doesn't seem like we're going to be out of that window anytime in the near future. So would the potential, at least when you look at what we've seen over the last few years and what we may see in the shorter term right now, is that these stocks should continue or could very well continue to do well because of the level of concern that we still have right now? We actually predict the exact opposite of that. So it's true that everyone expects climate change to get worse, right? But those expectations are already in stock prices today. That's the reason why green stocks today are expensive and dirty stocks today are cheap. That's already priced in today. That has nothing to do about forward-looking returns, except that it would predict lower returns for these green stocks in the future. One of the examples you use in the paper uh, is what's going on in Germany around their bonds. Tell us about this. Yeah, so Germany did a really interesting thing. They've been issuing a lot of green bonds. Uh, These are bonds used to to finance kind of environmental projects. And for each of these green bonds, they they also issued – there was also a twin bond that was not green. It was essentially ideal. So now we can do a perfect comparison of a green bond to its non-green twin – And we see some really interesting things in the data. So the first thing you see is that these green bonds have lower yields to maturity. So they are expected to underperform. And that's kind of consistent with economic logic. So they're expected to underperform. And that was even true when they were issued. But when you look at the data, these green bonds did not underperform. They actually outperformed. So what we're pointing out is there's a wedge between an asset's expected return and its realized return, what actually happens. So why did these green bonds outperform? Well, their yields got lower and lower and yet lower. So where we stand today, we expect these green bonds to especially underperform in the future. So it's that, it's that drop in their expected returns that explains why they outperformed in this short period. 
And so uh, uh, the more and more companies we see going into ESG with a component of their operations, uh, I guess the more and more this becomes a focus as we move ahead. Absolutely. I, I, I do think, you know, ESG is popular today. I see it getting more popular in the future. We have bad news and good news for, for uh, ESG investors. Our bad news is that don't expect this recent outperformance of green assets to, to continue. That's the bad news. But the good news is that, you know, if you're an ESG investor, you want these companies to have lower average returns because the average return is the cost of capital. And the way that you as an ESG investor have social impact is by reducing the cost of capital of green companies. Is it safe to say, though, that while the the returns won't be as high as they have been, they will still be on, on a positive path as they move ahead? We predict green assets to underperform their you know, non-green companies, right? So, yes, they've outperformed in the past, but we, we predict them to underperform in the future. And that's good news, again, for social impact. That means green companies have lower cost of capital. That's the whole point of ESG investing, right, to, 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 to create social impact. So what has this meant, you think, for uh, this, these uh, stocks that are not so environmentally friendly, the, the so-called brown stocks that you refer to? Yeah, so since we're predicting these brown stocks to outperform in the future, um, that means brown companies have a higher cost of capital. So to make it concrete, you can think of a coal company, and we're predicting that a coal company is going to have a higher cost of capital. That's good news for the environment, because that means it's going to be harder for coal companies to raise, to raise money to do things like dig new coal mines. We're joined on the line right now by Luke Taylor, who's an associate professor of finance here at the Wharton School. I mentioned at the time, Luke, this is such an, I think, an important report right now because of the mindset that you have of a lot of companies around ESG. And the expectation is that the companies that maybe are not as as invested in ESG as others are, they're still going to make that shift because of the impact that they're seeing from their employees, and especially if you're a publicly traded company, from the employees and the investors as well. That's exactly, that, that's exactly right. This is another way that ESG investing has social impact. It induces all companies to become greener. It, it, in, it induces a you know, company that's already green to become greener, but it also induces that brown company, for example, that coal company, to become a little greener. Why? Uh, companies know that if they can become a little bit greener, it's going to increase their market value. And what's interesting about that is this happens without shareholder activism. It even happens if managers of these companies don't care about ESG per se at all. In other words, even if these managers are totally selfish, so to say, so to speak, even if they only care about their market values, they should try to make their companies greener because they can get a higher market value by becoming greener. And, th- and that's, that is due to the effects of these, these ESG investors. Well, and, and I, think it would, I think it would be safe to say that there probably is a percentage of companies that are out there right now that probably have that perspective that are really pushing the ESG because they know it is the play right now. Absolutely. I completely agree. And again, it could be a coal company installing more scrubbers, or it could be you know, a solar company expanding operations or finding ways to make them even more environmentally friendly. That's right. What are, you, what are your takeaways from doing this research? 
so yeah, I mean, the key invest. So there are really important implications here for ESG investors. Um, I do think it's 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 misguided to look at the strong returns we've seen in the last ten years for green stocks and conclude that we're going to see that good performance going forward. You know, it's it's always true that past performance doesn't necessarily predict future performance. But our, the point of our paper is that's especially likely to be true in the case of environmentally friendly stocks. And again, the reason is these last 10 years have been really special in the sense that we've seen a huge increase in concerns about climate change. That's something we measure in our paper. We see you know, the level of climate change as we measure it more than double during the last several years. And it's that increase in concern about climate change that's been driving up those uh, um, prices of green stocks. And, yeah, we, cont- we expect climate change to continue to be a problem that's already in prices today. Um, absent more unexpected shocks in the future, we don't see those green stocks outperforming in the future. We actually predict them to underperform kind of as economic logic would, would suggest. Why should green stocks underperform? Because ESG investors like holding green stocks. They're, they're willing yeah. to accept lower returns for that warm glow that comes with holding an, an environmentally friendly stock. Does this in the, in the longer term potentially hurt the idea uh, of having uh, ESG as a component if you have that value underperforming? Well, you know, in earlier research, we show that investors, uh, an ESG investor will kill it their portfolio toward green stocks, perfectly understanding that green stocks are expected to underperform. Why would they invest in something that's expected to underperform? Well, it's because those investments are well aligned with their values, right? They feel good about holding green assets in their portfolio. So they hold them, even though they expect them to underperform. And you know, this is exactly how it should work. Because remember, the one of the principal ways that ESG investing actually has social impact is by reducing green firms' cost of capital. And cost of capital is exactly the same thing as expected return. So if you want green firms to raise money cheaply, you want green firms to have lower expected returns. And, and the good news is, in our paper, we show we argue that, look, green stocks do have lower expected returns, even yeah. despite what you see in, in, in their performance data over the last – 10 years. So, so the one thing you just mentioned that I think is also important is that I, I think the expectation is this shift towards ESG and ESG uh, impact in stocks is really something that's been occurring in the last couple of years. As you just alluded to, this is something that's been going on for several years at this point. Uh, yes, absolutely. I, so our, our analysis really starts in the year 2013. And the outperformance of these green stocks really starts around then, and it's pretty steady outperformance from 2013 to 2020. Also, during that same period, when you kind of plot the level of concern about climate change, you also see that concern increasing gradually over time. And our concerns about climate change in the data line up very well with the returns of this green factor. What that means is, when you get bad news about climate change in the data, you see green stocks outperform brown stocks. Yeah. And it makes sense, right? Suppose we wake up one morning yeah. and we're more concerned about climate change. What's going to happen? People are going to expect governments to act, to act in a way, for example, by imposing carbon pricing. That's going to benefit green firms relative to brown. That's going to make these green stocks 
outperform brown. So you see climate change increase. You see green stocks outperforming brown over the last 10 years. It's been, yes, it's more than a one-year trend. It's something we've seen over the last 10 years or eight years at least. All right. Luke, thanks very much for your time. Uh, Great uh, work that you did there. Thank you, sir. My pleasure. Thank you. You got it. Luke Taylor, who is an associate professor of finance here at the Wharton School. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.